morning again, church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. Um, it is a blessed day that we have uh, to be alive, uh, to be able to breathe, uh, to be able to sing, to give praise, honor, and glory uh, to that precious King, um, who we can call Father, who is also the Almighty, the creator of the universe, and, and everything in between. Um, again, we are uh, here this morning to worship. Um, God told us that he is seeking true worshipers, and those worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the spirit and the truth are two ingredients that are necessary, obviously, to worship him, because if you're not living after the spirit, as we've talked about in our Wednesday Night Bible class, if you don't have that seal, if you don't... Uh, if your body is not the, the temple of the Holy Spirit, then you're unable to worship Him in a manner that's pleasing uh, in His sight. And then secondarily in truth, um, you know, we know that uh, it's not, you know, that particular verse is not to say that you are placing yourself in truth, but that you are allowing truth to guide you. Uh, to be in the truth means that you are in fellowship with Jesus Christ because we know that the Word of God is truth and we also know that the Word became flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. So when we worship, we have to be in the right spirit. We have to have the, the Spirit of God within us and we also have to be in fellowship with Jesus Christ. We have to be in truth. You know, being, you know, the truth being a proper noun, if you will, in this context, that we have to be in Christ Jesus. The, uh, this is a very important thing because as, um, as, uh, as we know that uh, we need to present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice unto God. And there are a lot of people who, who do that, well, who assume that they are doing that, um, who come to worship, maybe come to God and they say, well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and present myself as a sacrifice, but they're not doing so in a manner, again, that's acceptable to God, which again, as he requires us to present ourselves a holy and living sacrifice unto God. And, and the holy is, is, is very important. Um, and that's where I'm going to spend a little bit of time this morning is, is what does it mean to uh, to to be holy? Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're we're gonna look at a few verses here, and we're gonna start off in Second Timothy the third chapter. Second uh, Timothy the, the the third chapter, and um, just as a just as a plug, um, most of you are aware of the. A spiritual encouragement hour and um, I've been asked to um, uh, give a lesson on um, uh, you know, being faithful in these in these last times or it, it maybe that's not going to be necessarily my focus but it will be um, a focus of the of the lesson but um, it's a, it was interesting that the brother, um, uh, Brother Sandifer, asked me to give a lesson on that particular topic uh, because 
as we as we get along in these times, um, and Sister Bill has mentioned this to me, that it is going to be more um, uh, is going to be more obvious those who are righteous and those who are unrighteous. Uh, and not that <clears throat> not that the unrighteous are going to get worse, or if I can use this word, badder, um, or they're they're going to be so drastically further from God, because we know that there's nothing new under the sun. We know that evil has existed since the very beginning. Um, you know, the, the same um, types or, or modes of, of sin existed back then as they do today. But what is the reason why the righteous are going to stand out more from the unrighteous is that as we see the times coming, you know, as we look into the New Testament scripture and, and we look at what we're going to read here in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, we can, we can see more plainly that we are living in these last perilous times that Peter is, is highlighting to uh, our, our brother in Christ, Timothy. And we just got through reading um, in our Wednesday night Bible class that as we see the day approaching, what are we going to do? What are the righteous going to do? They're going to get even closer to God. And so it's not that the unrighteous are going to get worse. It's that the righteous are going to get closer to God. And that separation from the world is going to be that much more, um, more noticeable. Mm -hmm. It's going to be that much more evident um, as we get... Um, along in, in, in these times that we're living. So in 2 Timothy, the, the third chapter, starting at verse number one, uh, Paul, or sorry, not Paul, but yeah, it is Paul, uh, told Timothy, uh, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of, the, of their own selves, covetous, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now, I want to say here that, you know, Paul didn't write this, uh, this letter to Timothy in the 21st century. You know, we know this was hundreds of years, if not thousands uh, uh, of years ago, um, being that it's 2013 or 2023, right? If, you know... You know the 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 Latin calendar makers, if you will. You know the, the transition from BC to AC or AD. Boy, I'm tripping over my tongue today. The transition from BC to AD was centered around the uh, the the death, burn, resurrection of of, uh, of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's say 1,500 years ago. Let's say Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. Maybe even longer than that. And he said, um, just be aware, Timothy, that in these last days, in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall have these set of characteristics. Mm -hmm. um, as I just read in verse number two, and moving on to verse number three, without natural affection, mm -hmm. truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers, of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. And I want to just 
uh, stop here and, and talk about or just to ask yourself to reflect upon maybe some experiences in your life where you've ran into people like this or where you've seen uh, you know examples of this on social media now that, that that's I guess what I say is is one of the unique features of this 21st century that we live in mm -hmm. is that just think about it in 1980 mm -hmm. in the 80s how were people living people were living just as just as you know crazy and sinful as they're living today mm -hmm. but what makes the the 80s different than the 90s different than the 2000s uh, versus the 2100s let's say um, is social media mm -hmm. I mean this this uh, this message of simple living is much more prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's more widely shared, right? So it, it's not that people are doing anything more worse than they used to. It's just that the the exposure to sinful living uh, certainly has increased. But take a look at what uh, uh, Paul told Timothy in chapter four. He says, I, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, um, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in the judgment. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, eat out of season, reprove, rebuke, with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away uh, their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. But watch, thou in all things endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, mm -hmm. make full, full proof of thy ministry. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, Paul is, is highlighting here that, <clears throat> that uh, you know, we need to be watchful of these times we need to be watchful and endure afflictions and there will come some afflictions mm -hmm. for those who are righteous as i just got through saying you know as the days and years and and decades and centuries go on the righteous will get even closer <clears throat> to god and the gap between the righteous and the unrighteous will become that much more wider and that much more evident. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians, the, the third chapter, and verse number 17. Um, what uh, Paul told us is, again, what I highlighted in the introduction, that uh, we are the temples of God. And, and what uh, uh, Paul highlights here in 1 Corinthians, the, the third chapter, is this. He says, if any man defile the temple, he sh him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Right. Which temple ye are? Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is for it is it is written, He God taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Mm -hmm. And in verse number 20, again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, 
that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what uh, Paul is uh, highlighting here again um, is as these times present themselves, these perilous times that Paul wrote to Timothy uh, in the third chapter of 2 Timothy, it's even much more important for us to, um, again, identify those things that uh, are against God and, again, align ourselves even more with what thus saith the Lord. Right. Now, if you look at the scripture reading, uh, scripture reading was Isaiah, the 32nd chapter. If you have your Bibles, uh, let's let's turn over there. <clears throat> Isaiah, the 32nd chapter, and we'll start at verse number four. And uh, Brother People Jr., if you could uh, <coughs> uh, start, start reading for us again that scripture reading. Isaiah, the 32nd chapter, starting at verse four. The heart also of the rash shall understand knowledge. And the tongue of the stammerers shall be ready to speak plainly. The vile person shall be no more called liberal, nor, nor, nor the churl said to be bountiful. Okay, so if you, thank you, Brother, for reading that. And we'll, we'll continue. I just want to pause for a moment. So, you know, what is he saying? He's saying that the, the vile person will no longer be one who is given to hospitality mm -hmm. or is you know one who is not given to giving right being charitable mm -hmm. right and and the churl person you know the the miser the one who holds on to his money right is one who is not going to be given to bountifulness mm -hmm. now i i love this particular passage because isaiah is talking about the coming of christ mm -hmm. and what christ and and what the coming of christ did certainly to the Jews, and we talked about this even in our Wednesday night Bible class about what does sin do to us? Mm -hmm. I mean, what does, let's put it to you this way, what does the commandments of God, what do the Ten Commandments do to, um, to those who, uh, in the Old Testament? Well, in the book of Romans, it says that uh, Paul, when he wrote the book of Romans, what does he say? He says that the Old Testament brought the knowledge of sin right. to my recollection. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when your mom or your dad told you not to do that, it is only through that commandment that you learn that, oh, I, that whatever it is that they told me not to do is bad. Right. You know, the, the knowledge of a law or the law itself enlightens us to the fact that there is a line in the sand on what is good and what is evil. Now, I don't want to go back to our Wednesday night Bible class, but that distinction is also critical when we look at the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. Now, what was the law? God only had one law to Adam and Eve. He said, you can do whatever it is that you want. You can eat of whatever it is you want, but you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. That was the nail in the coffin to Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. Because it is through 
the knowledge of a commandment through, through the knowledge of a law that human beings, the flesh that we carry with us every day, that mm -hmm. we, you know, have an, it, it's like flies to a moth to a fire, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, we're inclined to that. The body is inclined to that. And Satan knew that. Mm -hmm. Satan knew that as soon as that commandment was laid, all he needed to do was to plant the seed of doubt, plant the seed of, hmm, you won't surely die. And that would be enough to get Eve and thus Adam to partake of that fruit. And we also know what happened as, as a result is that as a result of that sin, their eyes were open to their shame. That's right. Yeah. They became aware of that shame. Mm -hmm. And if you look back at uh, you know what mankind will do or what Jesus Christ did when he came and he gave his, his message, his father's message really, is that he exposed the Jews first mm -hmm. to their hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. He exposed the Jews first to their own shame. Mm -hmm. He exposed the Jews first to their sin. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't plan on doing this, but um, let, let's take a look at uh, Matthew. <clears throat> uh, Matthew, the 17th chapter. Matthew, the 17th chapter and verse number 14. It says, and, and when they were come, Jesus and his disciples were come to the multitude. There came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. Mm -hmm. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and departed out of him, and the child was cured from the very hour. Now, this is, this is the thing. It says in verse number 19, Then came the disciples of Jesus, you know, apart, privately, and they said, Hey, Jesus, why could we not cast them out? And this is what he said. He said, Because of your unbelief, For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out by prayer and fasting. You know, the, the, the reason why, um, you know, the, the, the vile, um, when Jesus comes will will no longer be charitable. The reason why the miser will no longer be considered as bountiful. You know, I, you remember I just got through saying, you know, that some people look at the rich and they say, well, the rich are bad because, you know, they don't want to give their money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and, and some people say the rich are, aren't bad because they just want to hold on to what they have. And this is a discussion that we're having in these days. And that's exactly what Isaiah just said. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the rich miser who wants, you know, the, the, the Howard Hughes, mm -hmm. you know, the, and I, don't, I won't right. name, put the man out there by name, but, you know, the rich that want to hold on to their money. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the world looks at them and say, well, look at that guy who's holding on to his money with tight fists. He's bountiful. Mm -hmm. Well, when Jesus came, this is what he did. He highlighted the hypocrisy and the perverseness of the generation that we live in. Mm -hmm. His word is truth and it exposes the dark because it is light. Mm -hmm. And so go back to Isaiah and brother continue reading. For the vile person will speak villainly and his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy and to utter error against the Lord to make the empty to make empty the soul of the hungry and he will cause cause the drink of the of the thirsty to fail the instruments also of the churl are evil he devises wicked devices to destroy the poor with lying words even when the needy speaketh right stop right there okay now what are we talking about here mm -hmm. i mean what well, okay so the 75% of the, uh, I don't want to even say 75%, let's, let's say 80. Let's say some vast number, uh, some vast majority of the world's riches are controlled by, you know, less than 1% of the world's population. Right. Now, we can talk about this because we've seen it. You know, the, the gap between the haves and the have-nots is becoming greater. Right? And, and what, are these, what are these haves saying? Well, they, they'll say things through their corporations. Well, you know, we're, we're environmentally conscious. Um, you know, you buy, you know, one of our product and we'll give, we'll plant a tree. Or you buy one of our product and we'll go out and, you know, drop a homeless packet, you know, to, you know, some random, you know, village in Africa. You know, what do they say, right? They, they try to convince you that they are charitable. Mm -hmm. That, you know, with all the money that they are amassing, they are trying to improve the livelihoods of all humans on the planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Well, what are they requiring you to do? They're requiring you to buy more. Mm -hmm. Read that verse again, brother. That last verse that you just read. The instrument also of the churl are evil. He devised wicked devices to destroy the poor with lying Wicked words. devices to destroy the poor. So the more you buy, the more they've got to uh, take. Okay, so if you go to Ethiopia, you go to any of these third world countries, you go to China, right? What what are these organizations, these these principalities, these these rulers? What are they doing? Well, they have to get these resources from somewhere, and they got to get it on the cheap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They abuse the lowly, the poor, who are legitimately in need, but they make it seem as if they are the righteous. Mm -hmm. They tell you a lie. You know, we, you know, we, you know, our bottles are environmentally sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, Nike has this, and I'm not putting anybody on, on blast here because even I fall victim to this as well. But, uh, you know, they, you, can, you can buy a pair of shoes that's environmentally friendly. And you may say, well, I'm helping the environment. Well, it's still being made by some 
12-year-old child in some third-world country. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on in these, in these times. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Isaiah prophesied that when Jesus comes, what is he going to do? He is going to set in order mm -hmm. that which is righteous and that which is unrighteous. Continue reading uh, the verse there. But the liberal deviseth liberal things, and by liberal things shall he stand. You know the okay. <laughs> Go to Second uh, Peter, and then I'll comment on that that last verse there. Second Peter, the second chapter. It says <clears throat> in well, you can read all of Second Peter, the second chapter, mm -hmm. and I think. We can see the evidence of what Paul told Timothy mm -hmm. you know, to be mindful of in these last perilous times. You know what mankind will do, how they will act, um, and and oh, yeah. and how they will speak. Mm -hmm. You know what uh, Isaiah says is that uh, when Jesus comes, or when the 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 the, the Savior comes. The righteous, those that are charitable, um, will stand. They will be evident because they will stand upon a message of charity. Um, if you look at what Paul, or excuse me, what Peter wrote here, <clears throat> he says uh, uh, in verse number one of Second Peter, the second chapter. But there were false prophets also among the people, mm -hmm. even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, right. even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's skip ahead. Uh, in verse number 10, it says, But chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed. Mm -hmm. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Verse number 12, let's skip ahead. It says, But these as natural brute beasts may be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots are they, and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own uh, deceivings while they feast with you. Wow. Okay. Um, it says, <clears throat> verse number 17, For these are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh through much wantonness. Those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome of the same, is he brought in bondage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, let's skip over to, to chapter 3. It says that because of these types of individuals, because of 
you know, as it says in verse uh, verse number one of chapter two, that there will be false teachers who will be planted amongst themselves. These are the the tares that will exist amongst the wheat. Right. Um, it says again in in chapter three, <clears throat> knowing this first. And I'm reading, starting at verse number three. It says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers mm -hmm. who walk up to their own lusts and saying, You know, when is the end coming? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it's been a long time since uh, the earth has been in existence. Some will say it's 60, you know, 70, 100 million years old. You know, they'll scoff and say, Well, you know, when is the end going to come? I don't think it's going to come. This. Mm -hmm. This party is going to last forever. This is what uh, I want to touch on. For this they are willingly ignorant of. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what willingly ignorant means? That you are making the choice. You purposely are making the choice, even though there is evidence to the contrary. You are making the choice to close your ears, close your eyes to the truth. Here's what I'll tell you. Every single man, woman, and child knows in their bones. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if they're being truthful with themselves, mm -hmm. they know that the end is coming. Mm -hmm. They know. If you were to ask the richest man or the richest woman, or if you were to ask the 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 one who is an atheist, the true you know an ardent atheist who doesn't believe in God, if you were to ask a, a, a Satanist, I'm talking about people who are you know on the other side of the spectrum from those that are righteous, and if you Ask them to, to look into their, their heart of hearts, their mind of minds, and ask them, do you believe that life will continue as it is? If you were to ask them to absolutely tell the truth, they will tell you that no. I believe that the life is, is going to come to an end. The, 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 the way that I'm living... The life that we are in, the society that we exist in, will come to an end. You want to know why? Because history tells us that it will end. You can go back and you look at the, the history of mankind. What is it? Kingdoms rise and they fall. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, those that are prosperous rise and they fall. Good times come and they go. Life comes and then what happens it dies nothing lasts forever and it is the fear of this irrevocable truth that people are afraid of. think about it for a second we've developed technology that you know even the developers of this technology are telling are warning people that if we continue to develop this technology, it will destroy all of humanity. Right? But we are running to it like a moth to a flame. Right? We, we know we are sprinting towards 
the end. We are bringing the end. And it says here in 2 Peter, the third chapter, that there will be those who are willingly ignorant of this fact. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto far against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. And this is what we should all be aware of, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not one that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now you may be asking, well, how does this apply to, to holiness? Mm -hmm. You know, how does this apply to, you know, getting closer to God? Well, the next two verses really hits the, really hits the point. Um, it says in verse number 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, mm -hmm. as the heavens which shall pass, away with a great noise and the elements sh uh, shall melt with fervent heat mm -hmm. the earth also and the things and the works that are therein shall be burned up seeing then all these things shall be dissolved what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness mm -hmm. now um if you have your Bibles, um, I will conclude. Let's go to Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians, the fourth chapter, and uh, uh, well, we can we can start at. Let's start at verse number. Um, Verse number four. Now, before we start reading there, <clears throat> we just got through reading. Peter just got through highlighting to us that uh, we, we need to be watchful. Right. If we are believers of God mm -hmm. and we believe that God, there's, what does it say? That uh, there are two immutable facts with God. Mm-hmm. One of those is that God cannot tell a lie. And if we believe that God cannot tell a lie, then we also have to believe that God is not slack concerning his promises. Right. Yeah. You know, his promise to us who, who believe that if we live faithfully unto death, we'll have a crown of righteousness. Right. You know, his promise to us is that if we are considered part of the righteous, that we will be spared from this destruction mm -hmm. that uh, Peter just got through talking about. Go back and read the book of Revelations. Mm -hmm. uh, go back and read, um, oh boy, I can't remember the verse off the top of my head, but you know, what does it say? That at the last trump, those who believe in God will be carried up into the clouds with Christ Jesus and they'll be with him. We will be with him forevermore. 
But Philippians, the fourth chapter, I think gives us some practical applications on how we can, you know, as, as we see the day approaching, you know, as Peter said, you know, as we see the day approaching, what manner of person should we be in all holiness and, and godliness? Philippians, the fourth chapter, tells us this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And you know what moderation means is that, you know, we, we have to be calculated. Uh, and, and maybe not, maybe calculated is, is the, the wrong word. Um, my, my study Bible says uh, with moderation means graciousness or being reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we have to be mindful uh, that, you know, we can't get too high, we can't get too low. We have to be moderate in how we view the circumstances and the blessings that we have. Mm-hmm. Again, it says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then, as we've, we've read before in verse number 8 and 9, you know, whatever things are holy, whatever things are, are honest and just and lovely, you know, have virtue. Those are the things we need to work, uh, that we need to think of. And <clears throat> continuing in verse number 11, this is what Paul says. He says, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Now, you go back and you look at what uh, the prophecy of Isaiah about you know the you know the, uh, the, the not just the miser, mm-hmm. um, but the one who is not charitable. Mm-hmm. You know, in these times when Jesus comes, He will set in order those that are righteous, or the, those things that are righteous and those things that are unrighteous, because His gospel is the truth. Mm-hmm. His gospel, in essence, is the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. I'll repeat that again. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the knowledge of good and evil. It sets the line in the sand on those things that are evil and those things that are good. Right. That's the reason why. Um, when we all stand before the judgment seat of God, ignorance won't be an excuse. Mm -hmm. You know, the scripture tells us that when Christ comes again, every man and woman will have been exposed to the truth of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. No one will be able to stand before the judgment seat of God and say, I didn't know. Well, you didn't know. Because the Word of God has set things in order. The gospel of Jesus Christ has set evil and good in its proper place. But the world has got it all topsy-turvy, right? 
The world says that that which is evil is good, and, and that which is good is evil. Go back and read Romans, the first chapter. What does it say? It says that in these times, these last times, that the those that exist in the world, what will they do? They will change the truth of God into a lie. says that they will serve the creature more than the creator. It says that, well, we just got the reading about these, these, these beasts, mm -hmm. right? These beasts who are more concerned with filling their bellies than they are about serving the living God. So in verse number 11, this is what uh, Paul says to the church of Philippi. He says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Mm -hmm. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Mm -hmm. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding ye have ye have done, ye have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated to me uh, as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Mm -hmm. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of, of, of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, and a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now, the, the, the Bible does not use words frivolously. We just got through reading that we must, especially in these last times, present our bodies as a holy and living sacrifice unto God. And how did Paul describe the Philippians when he said that, you know, they they gave a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing unto God, what are the characteristics, what are the attributes that went into that point? Mm -hmm. Well, we just got to reading it beforehand. Paul said that when I was going through afflictions, mm -hmm. no other congregation of the churches of Christ met the need mm -hmm. other than the church at Philippi. Mm -hmm. You know, as they say, you know, if you're going to be about it, what, what is it? If you're going to talk about it, be about it. Mm -hmm. And no other congregation that talked about being a charitable child of God did anything for Paul other than the church of Philippi. Mm -hmm. 
And Paul says in verse number 18, I, I have all, I am full, I have received of all the things that you have purposed to give to me via Epaphroditus. And what, how does he describe the things, the thing, all the various things that they put together to meet Paul's need? He describes it as a, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And just to conclude this message, he says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and the glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, the, the practical application, brothers and sisters in Christ, the thing that, you know, will make us more and more different than the world as we more and more incline ourselves to be in a closer relationship with God. The world can't get any worse. The world is already worse enough to be damned to, eter to, eter damned to eternal hellfire. It's, it's like Satan can't get any more damned. The world can't get any more damned. It, the world can't get any worse. So if you hear people saying, well, the world is getting worse and worse and worse. No, the world is going to always be what it is. It's just that your eyes are more open to seeing the darkness that exists. Amen. You can see Satan working more than he did yesterday. And because of that, you're saying the world is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But it's always been that way. As a matter of fact... Would you, would you say that when God looked into the hearts of men in the book of Genesis and saw that their, their, their thoughts were on evil continually, that it's worse than it is here in the 21st century? No, it's the same exact story. It's the same thing of people falling victim to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the, the, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. What is going to become different is you and I's relationship with God. You and I getting closer to God. You and I going away from a society that is so self-centered to the message of God, which is centered around charity. Yeah. And that is the charity of the Philippians is the reason why Paul was able to say that their sacrifice was acceptable and well-pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. What is charity, if not love? What is love? Who is love? God is love. The more we get closer to the love that is God, the more we're going to stand out from society. The more we're going to stand out amongst our peers, the more we're going to stand out from the world because the world does not know the love of God. Mm -hmm. The world is only, concerned, is only concerned with, you know, the self-serving hypocrisy that Jesus himself highlighted when he said what? Oh, perverse mm -hmm. and wicked people, how long will I be with you? Again, his disciples came in and said, well, why, why weren't we able to uh, cast out? Why weren't we able to 
do this act of charity by helping this this woman who had a a family member who was stricken with a with an evil spirit. Said, "Oh, ye of little faith, you don't have faith. Faith in what?" Here's where I tie it into love. We talked about this last Lord's Day. Our faith overcomes the world. Well, faith in what? Go back and look at Hebrews 11 chapter. You can see of all of the people who overcame because of their faith. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just a believing in something. It wasn't. It was believing in a message. Excuse me. Believing in the power of God. What is the power of God? Love is the power of God. For God so loved the world that he, for Christ loved his Father, for Paul and Peter and all of the apostles loved the brethren, that what did they do? They sacrificed. God sacrificed himself. Jesus sacrificed himself. The apostles sacrificed themselves. Why? Because they all believed in the power of love. Love can conquer sin. Love, let me rephrase that, love has conquered sin. Love has conquered death. Love overcomes all. Now again, Philippians, the and I'll just end with this. Philippians, the fourth chapter and verse number 13 says, I can do all things through Christ with, which strengthens me. Do you believe that? I guess I would say is why didn't all the other congregations of the churches of Christ believe that and just Philippi alone? The, the Philippians. Well, it's, it's doubt. It's, you know, the, the flesh that we carry with us each and every day. And I guess I would say is we need to get better at mortifying the deeds of the flesh by living more after the Spirit. The more that we incline ourselves to uh, allowing the Spirit of God to uh, guide us, and to enlighten us to you know, what path we ought to take, the more and more the strength of Jesus Christ will become evident in our lives. Paul said it, Paul said it the best, right, when he was talking about that thorn in the flesh. Jesus said what? My grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so if, uh, the lesson is yours this morning. If you are here and you have not been uh, acknowledging God as, as much as you have been, if you have not been investing time in, in getting closer to God as He would have you to be, then, you know, this morning is laid before you. It's, it's an opportunity to, uh, to get that right, to rededicate yourself to uh, being in a closer relationship with God. Um, what happens when the light looks like the darkness? Let me, let me put it to you this way. Um, 
if the world can't tell the difference between you, when the world looks at you, mm -hmm. let's say, and they can't see the light in you, what are you? You're in darkness. Mm -hmm. if, if you are not, well, the scripture says that we ought to be we're a, a holy nation, a, a peculiar people. I'm not saying that you need to walk around looking differently than others, but you certainly need to be acting differently than others. And if the world can't tell the difference between you and you know the, the, the person to the left of them, is that a problem? Absolutely, that's a problem. Amen. Scripture tells us that a light set upon a hill cannot be hid, shall not be hid, should not be hid. You can go back and you read that uh, that adjective there, or that adverb. I think that's what it is. But if we are all light set upon a hill. We can't, you know, we should not distinguish our shine. Mm -hmm. The idea is not to blend in. The idea is not to be like everybody else. The idea is to live according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that alone will make you peculiar. Mm -hmm. Amen. In these perilous times. If you're here this morning and need prayers of strength, uh, we'll sing a song of invitation. And the floor will be opened up unto you if you are not a member of the body of Christ. Um, again, the, the message is, or the invitation is available to you uh, this morning. Um, that invitation uh, is preceded by learning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Learning that there is only one Lord, one faith, one hope, and one baptism. Learning again that through the love of God that he has given us a means to be saved from eternal damnation through the death or on the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. The truth tells us that Jesus Christ came to this earth and with his blood, he purchased this, this body, this church that he is ahead of. Yeah. The, the church is described as the bride of Jesus Christ, which is the reason why we have his name on our marquee. Just as a, a wife who is married to a husband would bear the name of her husband. We bear the name of Jesus Christ, not just in word, but also in deed. Um, the scripture tells us that we need to hear those things. That, and with the hearing, we believe. And with the belief, we confess. And with the confession, repentance. And then lastly, baptism. Acts, the, Acts the second chapter in verse 38 tells us that we need to repent and be baptized in order to be remiss of our sins. And then we also need to live faithfully until death. You know, the, you know, and I'll just leave you with this. Why is it that Jesus will say to those, well, yeah, we, we, we fed the homeless, mm -hmm. we, we helped the needy, mm -hmm. um, and, and what will Jesus' response be? Is that he'll say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Well, that, does that make sense? Well, it absolutely makes sense if they've done it without charity in their hearts. Mm -hmm. Paul tells us that, you know, you can do all things if you don't have charity. It is of no value. It is nothing. It is vain. 
And that is the message that uh, Jesus came to this earth to impart upon all of us. So, again, the lesson is yours. If you're here in the building or here on the prayer line, um, after, the song, after the song is sung, the floor will be open up to you. 636.